Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here at Cloud Wars Live, where we explore customer-centric business innovation by speaking with the dynamic companies making and using the modern technologies that are profoundly changing how the world works, lives, plays, learns, and dreams. Our guest today is Brian King of Marriott International, where he's driving growth and innovation for the giant hospitality company as global officer for digital distribution, revenue management, and global sales. Brian, welcome to the Cloud Wars Live podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, thanks for hosting me. It's great to be here. Brian, it looks like a key part of Merit's strategy is to deploy new technologies that are enabling your employees to deliver fabulous guest experiences that go beyond personalization to what I saw on the company's website, anticipating the needs of its guests. So could you talk a little bit about that evolution from personalization to anticipating the needs of guests, and why is that so important? Great question, and I think you have to just step back for just a moment and think about what hospitality is really all about. You know, what's the heart of the matter? And it's really about human connections. And we fundamentally believe that, you know, Marriott plays a very important role in the world as a hospitality company, that we want to connect people from across the globe. And we believe that human connections actually drive us to be a better people at large and the world to be a better place to live. In order to do that, we want to make sure that our associates can make those connections in a way that gives them the most up-to-date current information really at the fingertip, at their fingertips to serve our customers and reduce any friction they may have whatsoever. So we look at technology from the standpoint of it is a critical cornerstone to the enablement strategy of our associates to make those hospitality connections. Because at the end of the day, from our perspective, the moment of truth is when a guest and an associate interact and that guest walks away from that moment of truth and they're absolutely delighted, mesmerized or surprised how we were actually able to anticipate their needs and exceed their expectations. Any great hotelier, that's when you really know you've done your job well is when you exceed the expectations of customers. And technology is foundational to doing that. So what's been interesting, I think, in recent years is customers are definitely willing to disclose information about how they want to be treated, what's important to them in a hotel, whether it's setting or pillow type or floor. Those are kind of the more traditional requests customers might have. But now they're actually saying, you know, when I arrive at your hotel, I want to know about this type of restaurant in the city, or I'm actually looking for an experience with my family that might be X. And they're giving us insights so we can curate in advance prior to their arrival and actually make that stay as frictionless as possible. You know, our dream is that they never have to ask. We can just service them and we're ready to be there. And technology is absolutely the cornerstone of making that happen. Uh, Brian, that's great. Uh, Certainly not at any Marriott properties, but I've been at some hotels where I was mesmerized, but uh, not so by the great experience, but rather like, what the heck are these people thinking here? That is... (laughs) So it's great to hear, you know, you talk about that thing, the human connection and how that makes the world a better place. That's a wonderful way to look at it. And I wanted to ask along those lines, you know, the the scale of your company now, right? Is it 30 brands and 7,000 properties? So with that big customer recognition platform that you put together to unify all that, what, what was it like to tackle a project like that? And now that you're through that or mostly through it, what competitive advantages does that offer the Marriott? 
Well, I think that that's a great question. When we think about bringing together Starwood and Marriott in under one umbrella, it was so important for us to do two things. First of all, the guest is the heart of that integration, along with our associates. I always say, focus on the people, then on the mechanics. If you focus on mechanics first, any integration is typically not going to go out well. That was the thrust of what we did was what are our customers expect of us? What are they asking for? What do they believe this integration should do for them? And we had the same questions we asked our associates as well. One thing that we knew was critical to making this happen is having best-in-class technology. I fundamentally believe that digital is hospitable. And great digital experiences for our guests and our associates actually drive the overall experience of our hotels by, again, trying to remove any friction point whatsoever. So it has been incredibly complicated, challenging, and interesting at the same time to bring these two companies together. But what I can tell you is the on-property experience, whether you're staying in you know, a Westin, which is focused on wellness, or one of our terrific Sheridan hotels, or you know an amazing Marriott product, or even as something as a on-the-go traveler at a courtyard, across all of those experiences, they're really knitted together with that focus on the humanity of travel backed by technology. And we have a, a player that's been very important to us, which is our Salesforce partnership. We have lots of different technology platforms, but knitting it together, you need a common platform that we can understand that guest from a 360 degree view. Hospitality is powered by people. And right now our people are powered by Salesforce. That's a great way to put it, Brian. Now, one of the things that's interesting about this is that Marriott's focus on allowing guests to engage with your Marriott associates via whatever type of medium is most convenient for the guests, right? Phone, email, text, social media. Sure. Could you yeah. talk about the types of outcomes you've seen from, from that openness? Yeah, we want to make sure any way the customer want to interact with us, they have the choice and we're able to service them. So dating myself, when I first started in the hotel business a long time ago, it was really only two ways. You had to physically be at the property or you had to call us. And that included our reservations. You couldn't make a reservation without making a phone call. It didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. So obviously the e-commerce revolution happened. You can now make your reservations online. And what we are seeing, and it's not just, I think sometimes people think it's just millennials all hear that language. And that's not the case. Chat has grown exponentially and it's growing month by month. So our customers now can chat directly with our hotels. They can chat directly with our customer engagement centers. We don't even call them reservation centers anymore because most of the transactions that we're having with customers are no longer just making a reservation. They're actually going in and having questions about what is this experience like? Or I heard about this new thing called Marriott Moments. How do I get one of those experiences and what does that look like? They're more and more becoming service centers for our customers and they're no longer phone calls. They're certainly emails, of course, but chat is growing exponentially. And what's wonderful about our chat is we take this view of it that it is still a human interaction. Those chats are taking place with people on the other end of the chat. So there is a digital connection that is still a human connection. And we feel very strongly about that. Brent, just a, a second ago, you touched on the term millennials. And I know that sometimes we all tend to fall into generalizations about that. But I wondered if you could talk about, the, as you did with the, the chat there, behavioral patterns you see among your guests across an age spectrum. And is there any differentiation 
about the adoption rates of some of the new sorts of technology front ends that you're using? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. We know that millennials, just because they've grown up in this age of mobile, that they're early adopters, for sure. But I think the adoption window for the other generations is much shorter than it used to be. Because any consumer wants things done in a way that services them versus being herded like cattle. That's, I think, the beauty of the age that we live in now. No matter how you want to communicate with the brand, you as the brand have the responsibility to build those communication vehicles, whether they're voice-enabled, chat-enabled, email-enabled, and whatever the next evolution of that is going to be. So it is about building those communication channels. I do think that, you know, it is well-documented that millennials are adopting really quickly to non-traditional ways of using technology, and it just comes to them naturally. But I think other generations fall in line really, really quickly because it's just frankly easier. One thing that I do notice that's different when I think about generational travel is there, I call this tribal travel. It's interesting to see, and it really has to do with social media at large, that people are communicating in their small social circles. And they're now doing trip planning on applications like Facebook or uh, WeChat or what have you. And they're coming to us to take a trip. And they're going to go with their friends or their colleagues or their family. And it's this consensus-driven building approach to a trip. It's like, where do we want to go? What's the destination? What experiences are we looking for? How do we want to get there? Where do we want to stay? And in the past, I think that was driven more in a family hierarchy top-down. I think that's different. And we actually see that with children today being much more informed because they have access to information and kind of directive to here's what we really want to experience and do. So that's been an interesting shift for us to watch in the travel space and certainly in hotels. And Brian, that's so interesting too, as you flip this back to some of your other comments throughout here, which is how do you sort of turn the thing inside out, right? The old traditional models, we have this many rooms, it's this price, you know, that's it. And if you want to reach us, you got to call us. To instead sort of turning that global network of 6,700 properties into something that is as flexible as it can be to meet the needs of the people who want to have an experience, not just rent a room for a night. And that's exactly it. Because I think this is, lodging is not a commodity purchase, right? This is about experiences. And I think the biggest change in the industry is every hotel has its own story to tell. And there's a reason why that hotel exists. And we want to make sure that like character in a book, you as the guest are really the hero. So as you think about where you're going, let's say you're planning a great trip to Jakarta and you want to stay at our amazing W property there. So you kind of think about what, what should that experience be like? So we have to be storytellers about our properties so people can see themselves in that story. Or there's also additional chapters that they can discover on their own and actually write their own story. So we're there to help guide them through that journey. Um, So when they leave that hotel, they've collected experiences that hopefully will live with them for a lifetime. And maybe they'll change the way they think about the world or place they visited. If we can accomplish that as a hotelier, we've accomplished more than just a clean room and a nice place to stay. That's a great way to put it, Brian. So it's interesting, right, is the way you tell these things. You talk about being a storyteller and driving these experiences and the, the human connections that are such a part of this. So that's the real live Brian over here. And then, you know, your title, which is pretty interesting there, Global Officer for 
with digital distribution, revenue management, and global sales, which are all incredibly important. It sounds a little dry. How do you reconcile the, <laughs> the, you know, the outcomes that you're driving in the, almost like, Brian, the, the philosophy that you bring to your job, yet you've also got yeah, these that's, extremely that's, important outcomes to deliver? <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, business ultimately is about outcomes. So I, I always say there's, you know, there's the balance sheet. And then there's the payroll sheet. So the balance <laughs> right. sheet you're driving towards, you know, financial yeah. performance, obviously, and metrics that your shareholders account, hold you accountable to. And then there's the payroll sheet. These are the people who run our business every day. And they're the ones who actually drive those outcomes. So it's not an either or, it's a both. I think that's one thing that Marriott has always done incredibly well, is we know we're a people first company. We know that when our associates take great care of the customers, they're going to come back. So in turn, we always have to take great care of our associates. And that's a core management principle of ours. Take great care of your associates. They'll take great care of the customers. The customers will come back. And that's tried and true and a value that won't waver. So back to my long and interesting title. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It, It is. And I think what's important, because all of those functions, one of which is also the customer engagement centers I'm accountable for, that all has to connect. I definitely take, and my t- team takes an omni-channel view of the entire customer experience. So when they decide to make a reservation, how that reservation is priced, when they have a service issue that our customer engagement centers are there to take care of them. So that one individual customer, I look at from a 360-degree view, how do they interact with our mobile application? Did they switch over and use our web application? What happens if they decided to chat with our CECs? And then that chat turned into something directly with the properties. So weaving that entire network together in a way that's frictionless and connected for our customers, you do need one person who oversees that. Because I grew up on a small dairy farm in Wisconsin, and silos always scared me. I don't like silos. (laughs) I didn't like them on a farm, and I certainly don't like them in business. Everything has to be connected. I like beautiful fields with waving wheat. And that's how business should work. It should flow and move together in a beautiful matrix organization. Brian, that, it, there's almost like a magic that happens when you get some of those constructs, those walls and those silos knocked down. And it's so interesting, yeah. you know, talking to companies in every sort of industry, when you get inside a little bit and, and talk to them about that, they say, well, you've said you'd, it'd be easier if you did it that way. Why don't you do it that way? And, Often the answer is, well, yep. this is how we've always done it. So almost like the old model was, hey, we're trapped. The process rules us. We don't rule the process. And again, I think what's so interesting about what you're describing, it's almost like the company erased the past and said, we're going to create a new sort of hospitality company built around this customer and the adventure and the human connection. So as you describe how you pull those different threads together, plus customer engagement, it really seems to be the model for what businesses need to be going forward into this customer-driven future. Yeah, it's, you know what's interesting? I find business interesting in general that you want to drive for efficiency, but if you never take the time, efficiency in a frictionless environment, certainly for your customer and your associates, but you've also got to step out of that because sometimes you're building walls that are you don't unwillingly or unknowingly hurting you for the long term. And our founder always said something that rings true to us today, and that success is never final. And the DNA of our com- company is always reinventing, always trying to do better. And we'll look at a process that might have been around for 10 years or maybe around for 10 months and say, is that still good? 
Is there something better out there? Why are we doing it that way? Part of that is being real smart about your leadership and always kind of mixing it up and having people come in with fresh eyes. And I think when a business leader holds something to their heart that's just super precious in a process, there's risk with that. Now, you company values that ground you, you hold precious, right? And you build your organization around that. The processes should never be precious because when they become precious, they become institutionalized. And sometimes that institutionalization can actually hurt the foundation of the organization. So we're always pushing against our processes to make them better. Um, We live in a time where things are moving so quickly. Something that was great yesterday may not be great today. And you've always got to be able to look out for that. Brian, in the hospitality industry, I know you touched on some of them here, but I just want to make sure, given this sort of incredible perspective you have on the hospitality business and your customers, could you talk about some of the emerging trends that you and your team focus on? One of the big trends that is happening in hospitality today is certainly what we're seeing in the food and beverage space. People are on the hunt for the new, the interesting, the yet-to-be-discovered food and beverage opportunity. People eat with their eyes, and they certainly love to seek out new food and beverage opportunities. That has significant implications for digital, and you're seeing that with digital applications outside of lodging whether it's Galley or Uber Eats or what have you, people are no longer just going to their local pizza joint. They can have anything they want delivered whenever they want it. I want my gluten-free, vegan meal delivered exactly 4.30 for my family of four. So it's that ability for choice and control. That's one thing, but you have to have the delivery mechanism to get that to the customer. So food and beverage trends are something and how technology intersects with food and beverage. We're really focused on that right now. Because what people do in their home, they also expect when they travel. So if you can have that on-demand eat 24-7, kind of anywhere you want, we have to respond to that appropriately in our hotels. I think another trend is design trends. The, I, I think that's one thing the millennial generation really has pushed people's thinking on is good design. You know, they grew up in a time when Steve Jobs and Apple showed them what great design could be digitally. They expect that in their homes. When you think of the amount of retailers that have really emerged as their own strong design sensibility, hoteliers have to respond to that as well, too. I don't, we don't even call it a lobby anymore. It's a living room in some of our brands. So at one time, to give you some perspective, I think the hotel lobby was a place to pass through. I checked in, I checked out. Now it's a place to commune, to congregate, try something new, meet new people. And if you think about people just sitting and working next to each other in long communal tables, that changes your food and beverage design and it changes, frankly, your functional furniture design. So all of these things you're seeing how people are working, we're kind of bringing that all into our hotel lobbies as well, too. They're a place to work, they're a place to relax, to work publicly or privately. And that's very different than it was 10, 15 years ago. You mentioned a few minutes ago about dating yourself. Well, I, I'm definitely dating myself here, but I've... I've been an SPG Platinum member for quite a while. Love them. I was in New York recently. I walked into a Sheraton and what used to be the lobby. And I looked around and I said, there were these big, beautiful tables and seats and they had power outlets in them and all. And I went over and I just sort of stood there. An associate walked by and said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I just want to know, can I sit anywhere I like? And she just laughed and said, of course you can. So it's open seating. And I said, okay, do I need to order something? And again, she looked at me and in a very nice way, just sort of laughed and said, no, these are, this is a place you can sit down and do your work. So for me, I was thinking, first of all, like you said, the lobby is a place 
to pass through, you know, get into it, get out of it as quickly. And if a, if a hotel was ever going to have a table or a place to sit down, then there was an expectation, okay, you're sitting here, you're going to buy something from us. And the whole mood, yep. the whole atmosphere was just so different there. So that tangible opportunity for you to change people's minds, reset their expectations, it really hits with that sort of thing. Yeah, one of our brands, our long-established, you know, amazing Marriott Hotels and Resorts brand, their philosophy is the art of hosting. And I fundamentally believe in that. We are hosts, and we don't want to process customers. We want to host customers and our guests. And when you kind of take that mentality that you're a host, and you're hosting someone in your home, there's a certain level of behavior and expectation that comes with that for yourself. And it's the same in the hotel business. So we are definitely about hosting people and caring for them on the road. And we just want them to enjoy our spaces. They choose to order something great. If not, you're just going to sit on your laptop or your iPhone and work. That's fantastic, too. You know, we want you out and about, whether you're in our hotel or discovering the city. But the hotel, we want to be that home base for you. And I do mean the word home. You feel yeah. like you can just kind of let your hair down and be yourself. And there doesn't need any pretense. And our associates want to treat you the way you want to be treated. Brian, it's coming across very well there. Two other things, Brian, quick, I wanted to ask you before you have to go. So key to the, doing the type of thing you said, providing these great experiences, is you've got to know a little bit about the individual guests. And you've said before that when the guests feel like, if I share information with Marriott, they're going to use that in, in the appropriate ways to help my experience be better. How do you get close enough? to customers without the customer feeling like, hey, these guys are getting a little too close. It's really customer directed. And first of all, thanks for being a longtime SDG Platinum member. We appreciate that. <laughs> and it, it's what the customer, I definitely thank you. And what, it's what you're willing to tell us about your say. People have different degrees of what they're willing to disclose to any brand. But I think what makes lodging or travel unique is people generally understand when you're telling us your preferences, it's to make your stay better. It's not to market to you or to give you messages you're not interested in. It's like, if it's very important for you, always to have a high floor and this particular pillow type, and you really always want a king, that's important so you can be comfortable when you travel. Those are the things we love to hear and do it really well. Also, if you have allergies, we want to know about yeah. that, right? That people are willing to give information that's going to help them so we can make sure their stay is better. And it's always about what the customer wants. We never want to be creepy. That's not what we're about. Um, we're yeah. there to serve um, and anticipate needs based on what you tell us. So that, that's how we look at it. Perfect. And Brian, final thing I wanted to ask is, what's next for you and your teams? Boy, <laughs> the future is bright. <laughs> we have a lot. <laughs> we have a lot happening, certainly on the digital front. We're rethinking about what the digital experience can be, both on our mobile application as well as our web application. And we want to make sure that when people enter those digital experiences, they see even more choices tomorrow than they do today. I fundamentally believe that as we think about digital design, it needs, needs to be incredibly friendly and easy. But we also want to start making suggestions. One of the out-of-the-category brands I'm always amazed by, frankly, is Netflix. They have developed a personalization strategy that is always offering up new and interesting entertainment choices that appeals to me directly. Well, how do we do that with our digital applications yeah. in a way that appeals to our customer? So I think personalization will continue to be a thrust of ours, as well as this idea of orchestrating your say. 
we're looking at different ways to bring your entire itinerary together, not just your air, your car, your hotel, but those experiences that you book. If you're doing some interesting tour of New York, kind of the backstreet tour of cool little restaurants, how do we actually bring that to life in the digital app? So everything's in one place for you. That's one thing we do know that customers love it when everything is synthesized together versus having to kind of bop around for information. So we really want to be the hub of information that makes their travel easy. And then offer other things that maybe when you're not traveling or staying with us, you still use the Marriott mobile app because we can bring experiences directly to your home that makes your life easier off travel as well. So to me, it's not just about, it's about hospitality day in and day out. And the world would be a better place if we were just all more hospitable together. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely thought. I like that, Brian. Brian, this has been just terrific. Uh, thanks. You, your way of describing things and uh, revealing your, your passion for, for what you do comes across marvelously here. And I think you've given our listeners here a great new look into what the expectation should be for staying at a hotel. It doesn't have to be, uh, okay, I hope this is not as bad as some of the hotels I've stayed at. I mean, it, it sounds like you're raising the bar far, far, far beyond that. Well, Bob, thanks so much. Keep traveling, keep exploring. The world's a great place to discover. (laughs) Sounds great, Brian. I'm going to do that. And thanks a million for your time here. Great to have you. All right. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. And many thanks to all of you listeners for joining us here on Cloud Wars Live, where we explore the unfolding adventures of digital transformation and cloud computing and how those are profoundly changing how we live, work, play, learn, and experience the world. I hope you'll join us for other episodes of Cloud Wars Live, and please share your feedback with me at bobevanspa at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.